That Blues, Royal Blue family, you got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Grips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. We are back after the first win in a final series for this club in 10 years. Your host Jed here alongside my co-host The Bolt. How are you Bolt? The show goes on. The show goes on. We're not going anywhere. We last another seven days and we are progressed to the semi-final. Something that we haven't done in 10 years and something that we haven't even had the opportunity to do in 10 years. So... Very, very much uh, excited after Friday night's performance, and I'll get your thoughts as well. The Carlton Carnival. It just doesn't stop. 10 of our last 11, really. We've won our last 10 games, which have had any bit of meaning to them as well. Well, just our last 10 alive games. Yes, and the last three have been really tough mentally. Four points, four points, six points. But, God, Friday night, I was... Look, it's one of those games where it's so exciting. There's so much. It was so happy, but it was such a painful few hours at the MCG. But when all said and done, it was just a beautiful night. It was just incredible. And yeah, for Carlton to not only come from where we've come from to make the eight, but now to seriously cause a bit of a ruckus in the finals. And now we're, you know, we give ourselves the chance to win again. We definitely do. And we're going to get to this upcoming Friday night very soon because it's a mega mega match but we've got the biggest game to dissect before we do so uh week one of the finals we were the second match of the final series friday night at the mcg Ninety-two thousand people there bolt it was absolutely rocking and we got the job done over the swans 11 8 74 beating sydney 9 14 68 it is worth mentioning that that final score was the closest that the Swans got to us outside of the first five minutes of the match. So we were very much up all day. And uh, I'd say we were in control pretty much for most of the match up until that last quarter where it got a little bit shaky. We'll get through it all, though. Yeah. Um, in this edition of the show, I think we should do a little bit of analysis into each quarter. Yep, before, I like it. Before doing our individual player analysis. Yep. The first quarter was very much an interesting one. 3-2-20 at quarter time. We led the Swans 1-5-11. It felt like we were playing slightly better football, but the game was very much up in the air at quarter time. What were your thoughts after the first quarter? I actually thought early on we... I actually didn't love the first quarter. I didn't think we really had the game where we wanted it to be. And I probably thought we should have been a bit further ahead when we had the opportunity to be. Um, I think... So, we were 11 points. I, I wasn't too pleased at quarter mm. time, to be honest. We just... And for most of the night, but especially in that first quarter, the Swans just completely restricted every bit of run we've had and that we need to win games. They made it a really stale game. And I thought they just transitioned. And even the whole night, really, they... Transition. They transitioned really easily just with their mark kick game from half back. So, I, I thought the alarm bells were ringing a little bit early. Mm. Uh, it was tough. I, I wasn't too pleased at quarter time, but we had our, th- you know, that Cottrell goal late in the first quarter as well probably eased a bit of the tension after the Mackay miss. But look, in Sorry, terms of can, the, s- can you not mention the Lord's name in vain, please? You just Cottrell. You just said it again. <laughs> well, Carlson's best finals player in the last decade, Matt Cottrell. It'll be very no, sorry, interesting. To, it'll be very interesting to see where those coaches' votes go to when they're released, mate. 
we're going to bow down to him when his name's called out on the screen next week. Could Matt, Co- Matt Cottrell could rise in the odds for the Gary Ayres medal. <laughs> Matt Cottrell, he could be one of the heavy favourites going into the second week. Just quickly, um, this Friday night, is it technically Melbourne? Well, it is technically Melbourne's home game, so they, yeah. won't, they won't call out the players on the no. screen, will they? Yeah. Oh, that's a bit... Mm. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. The first quarter, I was a little bit uneasy at quarter time. I didn't think... We jumped them early, which was brilliant. I think it settled mm. a lot of nerves with everyone in the stand. I was feeling sick all Friday. I just couldn't, <laughs> hand, I couldn't handle it. And I only couldn't handle it because I really thought we'd win the game. I really thought we'd win. You, I, you know I wanted to play Sydney. I thought we were better than Sydney. That's why I was just so sick. But it eased the tension a lot getting Doherty and Kerno, two genuine cult figures of the club on the board early. Yes. You know, it was, it was, it was the perfect two first goal scorers because no one gets the crowd going. There's, well, there isn't a single player on our list who has the ability to get the crowd going more than Sam Doherty, given his story. Yeah. And then really the player who gets the crowd going most is Charlie when he kicks goals. So, couldn't agree more. It was it was the dream start in terms of the first two goal scorers, and it came pretty quickly. Yeah, it was great. But um, no, I, yeah, I, I was I didn't love the first quarter. Second quarter, we definitely uh, took control of the match. Four yep. goals to one, and at halftime, it was seven five forty seven, leading the Swans two six eighteen. It was a, th- a twenty nine point lead. Felt very much in control of the match. Yeah, we met at halftime. We were both. Feeling pretty good about the match without feeling great. Yeah. But what did you enjoy about that second quarter? That we capitalized on the scoreboard. You know, we, you know, Cunningham kicked a really tough set shot. Cottrell got in on the act. Owies nearly fumbled. He fumbled his way to a goal, really. And I think it was Martin <laughs> got another goal. And it would have been great if we didn't leak that one to a Marty. Mm. And I think the first quarter really annoyed me as well. Sorry to go back to it. Because no, the, goal, the goal they kicked was from that blatant Newman error from yeah. the kick out. Yeah. Which, it's just moments like that. You know, the difference in a, any game, but especially when the tension's so high between 11 and 17 points, is huge. Well, yeah, those are the moments that can yeah. decide the match. So, that's what probably left a sour taste in my mouth at quarter time. But no, the second quarter was great. I we, think- we, we definitely put our foot down, I, I thought. Well, we only conceded two scoring shots yeah. in that second quarter, yeah. one of which was the Amadi goal from 55 metres out. So yeah. it wasn't too... I actually thought defensively, and I'm skipping ahead a bit to this second half, but defensively, I thought this was almost our performance of the year. We've been resolute all year in the back line. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, um, third second half, third quarter... Started to get a little bit iffy when the Swans got on a little bit of a yeah. run after Herschel missed that early, well, well that early soda in, and, the, and, in, and the, really, in the second half. So Herschel marks it at the top of the goal square to put us 35 points up just after half time. Mm. And like six goals up with the crowd roaring, you probably got one foot in the semi at that point in time. Yeah. He missed it and they went on to kick the next three. And you're thinking there, I'm not sure if you remember the game. We played Essendon on a Friday night in 2013 when Kane you Lucas... I'd forget that game. When Kane Lucas ran in from about 15 out and missed to put us five goals up and we ended up losing the game. By five points, I think it was. Yeah, that idiot yeah. Melksham kicked a goal late. But it it almost reminded me of that. It was just... Had those vibes to it, didn't it? And with Mackay, it's... The multi-layered facet of a miss like that isn't even scoreboard. It's actually a complete team demoralizer. It, it, it's a complete, like, oh, like, come mm. on. Like, In a final. It was, anyway. It was poor. But you, but we responded up. We kicked the next three after that, and they were big goals. Martin, Chera, Cripps. They were big goals. <laughs> they were massive goals. So we got it back. The Chera goal is just... Oh, crazy. What a player. What a player. It's... And I said to you yesterday, I... I, I it feels... I feel terrible that we only gave up a first-round pick for him. It... I feel terrible. That's theft. He's a gun. He's a gun. And the Crips goal obviously got the crowd alight. And then we conceded the last two of the quarter. So we got it to 15 points at three-quarter time. But I still thought... It's such an awkward margin, 15 points. I thought we were playing all right up till then. But... 
15 points is just so, it's so gettable because one game, one goal, it's single digits again and you're on your, you know, you're on the edge of your seat. Mate, it was, uh, it was wild that third quarter because, yeah, when they kicked those three in a row, I think everyone in the stadium just felt that sick, like that sick feeling when you know that they're coming and it's now getting a little bit close for comfort, but did well to stem the flow. And then there was the last quarter where it was just the single goal for us, but boy, oh boy, it's a goal that we will never be forgetting. You know what? And, I, and you know what it was like? It's like when we played Collingwood four or five weeks ago, I think it was a very similar match. I think it was 17 points at three-quarter time. And I think every Carlton fan would have been thinking at that point in time, let's do nothing silly. We just got to settle the nerves here and consolidate the score. And on that night, Marchbank considered the deliberate rush behind straight after three-quarter time, which mm. didn't settle anyone. And the same goes here. Just needed a nerve set. Like, get the we first. Did. And we had Kemp and DeConning piss-farting on the goal line. And conceded a goal. Was it DeConning? It was Kemp gave it to DeConning, oh, gave yeah, it back yeah, to Kemp. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh my God. And that nearly sent me into another galaxy, that yeah. turnover. But then we then the game went like 10 minutes without a goal. 10 minutes of playing time without well, was, a goal. It was essentially 10 minutes of us in all out defense. It was a complete arm wrestle. It was tough to watch. But yeah, the Acres goal. Can we... So sorry, we have to pause here. Um, Andy Marr. He's a great Carlton man, hosted the OG Carlton podcast, which was called The Carlton Show. SEN had an amazing initiative where they provided Carlton um, commentary for the game. I think it was Andy Mars, Sellers and- Wayne Johnston. Wayne Johnston. I've got to play Andy Mars' commentary of the Chera goal. Uh, sorry, the Acres goal, because it's just, it's it's simply just that good. Um, give us a sec. It was genuine carnage in the stands, wasn't it? We ready? Yep. This is Andy Marr calling the Blake Acres goal on SEN. Come on, Tommy, stretch. Oh, yeah, good, job. good job. Good job. Bounce, bounce, oh. bounce. Travis, Travis, come on. Come on, Jack Martin. Blake Acres. Yes. You Sorry, the crowd is obviously extremely loud in that video and you can no. basically not even hear him, but you bloody rip snorter, you heard that correctly. It was it was unbelievable commentary. Um I thought the commentary was perfectly it was just perfectly summed up. It was amazing. Yeah. It was like, mayhem in the stands. It was just everyone going everywhere. Just the crowd the whole night was well, and, and this is why I was adamant on a Carlton playing an interstate team. I didn't want the dog. I wanted it to be one big Carlton night and the hostility and the momentum that it's such a novel thing to say, but the momentum that the crowd of, you know, 92,000 majority Carlton fans can generate is incredible. And, you know, and I know it's such an intangible, but it's got to be, it's just... Opposition teams would fret coming up against it. Can I just put on the audio of the wolf? You're the first wolf. The first wolf. Oh, the first wolf. Yeah, I was like... I'm going to be honest. When Saad got the ball and was ready to kick, like, I don't immediately think, oh, I'm going to wolf. I actually forgot about the wolf in that split second. And then when it happened, it was... Yeah. It was almost like it just rung around the stadium. we got to play this. So this is on the TV coverage. Yeah. And it's still so loud. Have a listen to this. How about that woof? Yeah, it's just... And it builds. It just... The hostility, it's it's incredible. And I love it. I just loved the whole night. You know, and the crowd was so on. But yeah, the Acres goal was crazy. And then obviously, I thought we really saw out the game quite well from there on in the last five minutes. Obviously, we conceded the one late, which got us a little bit toey in the last 25 seconds. But... Martin took two intercept marks. McGovern took an intercept mark behind the ball. Mm. So we repelled three genuine attacks. And I, we were pretty, st- you know, I thought we were really good seeing out the game in we the last were. five minutes. Well, it was defensively like Jack Martin. It's great. And he, he's, it's as simple as we do not win that game without Jack Martin. No. Not only does he kick that goal, but those two marks yeah. completely and utterly undersized. 
and his spoil on Logan McDonald, where he got just an arm in, mate, it's one of the all-time performances that I can remember. And it's crazy to say that given it was just an elimination final. But this Jack Martin performance was as special as it gets for what we've seen in our lifetimes. It was that good. And considering where he's come from, you know, mate, he was nowhere. He was nowhere. He couldn't even get a game at one point when he was fit when and he barely was fit. So just unbelievable. Couldn't be couldn't be happier, really, with yeah. him. And we'll speak about him later and his situation going into the second week. We will. But, but um the other thing I wanted to say is that game had a very, very similar I guess storyline and a very similar the whole game almost transpired identically to the time where we played Sydney last year at Marvel in round 10, where we were looking good really early. We jumped in by five or six goals and they came back and it was a one big arm wrestle where there wasn't a lot of score in the last quarter and Zach Fisher kicked the goal on that night to burst the bubble and Akers did it in the elimination final. It was a very similar type of game against Sydney. Mm. But it was phenomenal. As in, yeah, just phenomenal. Um. All right, let's uh, let's get into individual player analysis. We'll start with the back line. Can we start with Jacob Wiedering, please? Can you give us your thoughts on his match? I thought Wiedering was exceptional again. I tell you what, he's making a late dash in this best and fairest. He is just surging like a steam train. I actually wasn't too impressed with the original matchups because he started the night on a Marty, which I didn't love, in all honesty. But, you know, Wiedering himself... Played a really, really good game. Like a really, really good game. He, what can you say about him? He just keeps on keeping on. Superb. Mm. Yeah, he was absolutely superb. Uh, Newman. Well, obviously Newman made the one big blunder, but Newman otherwise I thought was really good again. Um, oh, as in always impressive. He was taking Papley when Papley was playing up forward. Papley didn't hit the scoreboard. They had to move him into the middle just to get him going. So that's a huge tick again for Newman. Newman was absolutely massive in the big moments, I yeah. thought. Well, we speak there about were... crowd moments, the mark on the siren. Oh, my God. You couldn't hear the, you you couldn't couldn't hear hear the siren. I know, I know. I had no idea that the siren went. And yeah. I've got video proof of it. I was videoing that last 10 seconds because yeah. I just thought, you know what? This is a moment I want to look back on if we win. Um, that, mate, that... that that mark was just insane. And it wasn't even that good of a mark itself, but the just... Anyway, he took some big marks in big moments of the game. He had some massive defensive efforts. He absolutely blanketed Papley when it mattered. And, uh, yeah, he's just continued his incredible, incredible season. Uh, Brody Kemp. Yeah, well, see, once again, I didn't like the matchup. So I, I, I wouldn't have put Kemp on McDonald from the get-go. Do you not think he did well on him, though? Yeah. Did McDonald kick a goal? He kicked two. He kicked two. Oh, did he? Mate. So he kicked two in those in that third quarter flurry, McDonald. Uh, I, I thought Kemp was pretty good, but I, I just think the matchup didn't benefit him. I thought Kemp was very, very good, and I'll tell you why. Um, if you take a look at the fact that it's his first final. No, I, no, and I know. But- and he's barely played 20 games in his career or whatever it is. He had one absolute moment of madness, which, let's be honest here, could have cost us the match. I know. He also took McLean a lot when he went forward. I, I just think the matchups were just so wrong. I just I think- know, I thought Brody Kemp took some big marks in big moments as well, like Newman did. And, you know, very early as well, there was a little bit of an onslaught from the Swans in that first quarter, and Kemp took a couple important grabs. Um, I don't know. I, w- I, was a, I was a fan of his, of his performance. And if you take a look at the numbers here... Um, especially these defensive stats. He he had a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, he had... Where was that? I just saw a crazy stat before. We had 10 defensive pressure acts, Brody Kemp, which is big, but I wanted to get those marks because some of the marks he took were massive and contested. Um, here we are. He took, well, only actually four marks, which is crazy, but five contested possessions. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like... The stats actually probably don't do him justice. I thought like I thought he had a really good game, Brody Kemp. Um, anyway, let's quickly zip through the rest of our defense. Chincotta. I, I I thought I thought he came into the game much better, Chincotta. Mm, I agree. I thought he was fantastic, and there were moments as well where he was on Papley. They shared the load with Papley, but you know he had he. There was one moment in the game where he was isolated on Heaney, 
the ball never got there, but, you know, he he had Heaney and Papley for a lot of this match. And, yeah, just for him as well, like Kemp, you know, well, even Haywood's a really dangerous player as well. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole Sydney yeah. forward line's really good. Those smalls, they've got amazing smalls. Haywood, Papley, Heaney is ridiculous. So, yeah, I agree. I thought Chincotta was great. Um, Saad. I thought Saad was really good. He was unbelievable. And I think we got very lucky with poor team selection at Sydney. I, I, I was surprised they didn't play Ryan Clark to tag him. Mate, like like Jack Martin, we don't win this game without Adam Saad. No, Saad was great. And I thought Wicks would be a bit more resolute on Saad, but he didn't really play any bit of a defensive role. Saad was exceptional. I, 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 For me, this is the top five match for Carlton, for Adam Saad. Yeah, he was, was. He was just. He was very good. Just incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, Marchi, thoughts on March back? Well, I, I thought he had a very shaky start. He probably came into the game a bit better, but he was almost taking that mid forward rotation, which at times was Parker when he was up the ground. At times it was Warner. Uh, I thought he was a little bit... He definitely came into the game much better after halftime, I thought. I was a very, very big fan, as you know, of uh, Caleb Marchbank's performance. I was just very, very impressed with his first half, and I thought he ended the match really well as well. He had a lot of the ball up the ground as well, which was something which he hasn't had since he's come back into this team this year. Yeah. And he actually, for the, you know, we spoke about the fact that he didn't look great with ball in hand. But no. then on Friday night, I thought he was particularly good with ball in hand. He actually had that little left foot kick. I think it was to Owies on the 50 meter line. Yeah. Like he just, he used the ball by foot very, very well and didn't crack under pressure. I also thought there was that one little moment where he had that kick out of the defensive 50. Yeah, on yeah the that's, ground. that's good presence of mind. Like just... He had amazing presence of mind because he did that multiple times, a couple little flicks of the ball on the ground. Anyway, 16 disposals on the night for Caleb Marchbank, six intercept possessions. Uh, He took six marks, four tackles, and of course, uh, four... Was it four? No, sorry, nine pressure acts. So, yeah, I I really liked his performance. And I don't know if he'll be there next week due to the matchup, but I think that I can sit here and say... He absolutely took advantage of the fact that they gave him a crack because he was very good. McGovern? McGovern. Well, same goes with him, with, I guess, how he went with Newman. He had the one moment of complete madness. I thought the whole well, match he, was very chaotic. Well, he had the the big matchup on a guy that kills us annually in Isaac Heaney, and I thought he was just superb on that role in particular, I thought, McGovern. And I think that will pave the way for him playing on Bailey Fritch next week. Mm. Um, and I know I thought McGovern was really good. Really good defensively, which is what he needs to be. He had a very good game, but chaotic. Yeah. No, no, no. And that's Mitch McGovern to a T. Um, all right. I think that's the defense done. Let's run through this midfield. And, uh, well, it was a big night for the midfield, and I tell you what, they're going to need to go to a whole nother level next week because that is where the game's going to be virtually decided. But it was a great night for our midfield brigade. It was. Um, can we talk about Adam Chera? Yeah. But before we do, here we go. I'm just getting his um, getting the commentary up for his goal because. Lots of commentary tonight. Well, it's it's this was my favourite commentary, I think. Um, virtually of our season, James Brayshaw is an unbelievable commentator. Listen to this, Bolt. The Adam Cherry goal. Control's off. McCartan with a thump. Hewitt. Just the bang. Yeah. Well, how and, good's that? And that's what it was in front of the Carlton faithful on the in the Shane Warne stand. Unbelievable. Superb goal. And Chera, well, what a season he's had. He's probably, well, not probably, he has been our most consistent performer for the entire season. His performances really haven't deviated all year from game to game. And uh, he was excellent again. Excellent. What a player. What a player is Adam Chera. Oh, I thought he was outstanding on mm. Friday night. 
there's a there's a there's a case for him that he was our best on the ground. Yeah, of course there like, is. He he was definitely not outside of the top three. Uh, SW eighteen, and I'll, I just want to get this one. I want to I want to have my two cents, and then I'll let Go you speak on. here because I've been calling out for a match like this from Sam Walsh for weeks on this show. I've been speaking about Walsh and. The fact that I just feel like he could be taking his game to another level, which we've seen before, but haven't really seen consistently this year. And boy, did he take his game to that level on Friday night. It was everything I could have wanted and more from Sam Walsh. Um, His defensive efforts basically, well, you know, said it with a few plays, but they did basically win us the game. Um, Just running back with the flight, covering ground. He doesn't get enough credit for for the amount that he runs and his disposal was absolutely elite on Friday night. So I'm a, a very happy man with Sam Walsh's performance and kudos to him. Yeah, no, I thought he was great. He, yeah, he could easily stake a claim to being our best on the night. He was immense, immense. Um, He was, he was. Um, Who was the next one he wanted to get to? Well, the captain. Should we save him for the end? No, let's just speak about it. Well, now. the captain was, was always going to be a tough night. We knew it was either going to be Rowbottom or Mills that was going to go to him. Um, it was Mills for the majority of the night. And look, it was obviously tough for Cripps to work through, but that's the evolution of Carlton. You know, we've got so many more, you know, heads that can fill that void in a really significant way. And by no means was Cripps, you know, poor for the night. He still had his 20 odd. I think he had three clearances. He kicked a big goal, 14 contested possessions, which was the second most on the ground. So he was there at the coal face and he was doing exactly what we've needed Paddy Cripps to do. And you know what? He battled through a really tough matchup and probably came out on top, really. That captain's goal, it almost, it's impossible to get any bigger than that at that moment of the game. It was exactly what we needed he led from the front but this is a man no Carlton player in the history of this football club has played more games without playing a final Mm. this is a man who has absolutely no one's worked harder than him for this maybe Doc no no one else who hasn't played a final has worked harder I'm ecstatic for him that he got to experience this I hope there's more to come but that emotion he showed when the final siren went was absolutely... It, it would bring a tear to a lot of Carlton fans' eyes and well done to, to the great man because yeah. he's one who we can all just appreciate what he's done to get us here and the amount of shit that he's been through. Let's be honest, he's been through mm-hmm. the absolute ringer. He's been through the worst of this club. So, well done to Patrick Cripps. And he deserves every bit of it. He's one of us. He really I'm is. I'm really just stoked. Bled for our footy club. Been some very challenging times, but what a player. What a leader. And once again, our work's not done. And his work certainly is not done. I think he'll have a much more freer night against the Ds. Yep. And it's a bit of a lookout. It absolutely is. He's going to explode onto the scene, I think. Um, Doc. I thought Doherty was really good. Mate, it was... Yeah. And I thought Doherty was really good. And it was just, once again, just such a professional game from Doc. I think it was one of those performances where he didn't get... It wasn't one of those Sam Doherty 35 disposal performances, but this was... It's the same with Crips. We don't need that anymore. No, no, no. But, but, But this was a quality over quantity performance from Sam Doherty. He had big touches in big moments. There were a couple moments in that game where he just got his fingertips on the ball to deviate. It got his hand in the way, got his body in the way, couple smothers. Just one of those really, really important team performances from Sam Doherty. So, um, you know, 12 pressure acts. He really just put his body on the line for this team. Six marks. He had six score involvements, which is underrated as well. And of course, um, he had the three tackles so and that famous goal. So the Doc, very, very pleased with how he went about it on Friday night. Yep. Um, well. Hewitt? Yes, George. I thought he was huge in the third quarter in particular. 
Um, George has had an amazing back end to the year. He really has, which shouldn't be too much of a surprise to anyone, but against his old mob as well, it was a great, great George Hewitt game. 25 and 5 clearances, 13 contested possessions. He was really, really good. Two goal assists and seven score involvements as well for Hewitt. That's, you know, something that he maybe wasn't doing last year as good as he was. Uh, Four inside 50s. We've spoken about it at length on this show, the fact that he's taken his game from being a bit of an extractor to now actually doing a lot with the ball in attacking positions on the ground. And he's had to because that's something that, you know, Matt Kennedy does, who is the man who he's fighting for a spot with. So uh, well done to George. Huge performance and... Um, probably won't get the love he deserves from a match like that, but was absolutely enormous. Um, Bolt, Blake Akers. Well, let's just say what a season. What a season he's had. He He's completely irreplaceable for us. We don't have anyone who is capable of doing what Blake Akers can do. His three biggest moments of the match came from gut running. Two, and they all were on the goal line. Two touched efforts to save us. He, he won us the match. Two touched efforts on the goal line. The only reason he was there was because he was just gut running all day up and down from literally one end of the ground to the other. And then he kicks that sealer. It was the absolute perfect goal to encapsulate the match, that sealer. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. And they actually, it's just a shame that we gave up so much for him and I are know, paying him so I much. Know. That's why we it's annoying. Keep, but we keep making these deals with Freeman or oh god, making up for the Robbie Warnock trade. But um, <laughs> they actually showed some really good footage on on the Sunday Footy Show. Um, that goal Cottrell kicked in the second quarter where he kind of skies it up keep and it goes in. The Lord's name, I know, <laughs> I know. When that ball came in, it was actually an out number one on two. Cottrell being the one. And Sydney actually got that loose ball when it came to ground. But Akers had run so hard that by the time I think it was Chad Warner picked the ball up, there wasn't an out number anymore. He didn't even touch the ball, Akers, but it forced a turnover because we had another body in there. Cottrell ends up getting the ball back and the Lord and goal. (laughs) Um, Mate, Akers almost... So, obviously, on Friday night, we had the out number behind the ball. They had the out number behind the ball. But the way that Akers runs, he almost just evens it out. Like, it's like we're playing with an extra man on the field. It's absolutely madness. 26 disposals from Akers, uh, four marks. He had six score involvements, 16 pressure acts, 570 meters gained, five clearances. He had seven inside 50s. It was just one heck of a performance and for me well we'll get to our votes after this but he will absolutely be featuring he was absolutely exquisite bolt um on the other wing talk about being exquisite we're going to call him mc because we don't mention the lord's name in vain but i, I will now but matthew cottrell goodness gracious me this is a guy who grew up a diehard blue bagger he's done it the hard way, didn't get drafted, was picked up as a preseason supplementary pick. He was gone at one point. He kept playing and was terrible. He and was garbage. And he was gone. And he just had this little, like... He, he almost, had a solid month as the sub. Mate, he's... I think <laughs> it's funny because going back to it, I think when he got a one-year rookie extension, we were like, what? What are they keeping Cottrell around for? And... Gee whiz, that's turned into a stall, just a complete lock in this 22. He's a staple. And and that's, I guess, the difference. You get someone like him and Hollands. It's like, you know, the charisma and the energy he brings on the ball with ball in hand, his ability. He's good for a goal a week, Cottrell. He's... Or two. Yeah, or two. 17 disposals. Uh, he went at 95% efficiency. Four marks three tackles, he kicked two goals, he had seven score involvements, 310 metres gained, 17 pressure acts. And a huge rundown tackle on Gordon in the middle two, of the ground. That was his only tackle that didn't come inside 50 as well. He had two inside 50. Um, he also gave zero freeze against and, and three freeze four. That's a, that's a stat that I always like to look at. Just, um, you know... 
almost a heartwarming performance, you know, given he, he grew up a, a diehard blue bagger. Oh, I hope he enjoyed it. It was incredible stuff. It was absolutely incredible. It's, and the AFL did that tweet, you know, performance the Blues will never forget. It definitely was. He was just that good. Well, we had Digan being the cult hero in 2013 and Cottrell was 100 percent the cult it was the cult hero performance from nowhere on friday night mm, it certainly was uh into the forward line bolt as we move forward let's start with the man who well hold on the ruck brigade the ruck brigade this week there's no excuses because i think for the first time ever in my personal opinion that the first time ever they both played very very well together they this, did. This was they, exceptional. This was absolutely. I mean, you know, Tom DeConning's performance was extraordinary. I won't hear it otherwise. You need two ruckmen on the ground, and I actually thought Hickey was quite good for them. But our boys really combated well. They and they 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 combated well. You know, the two of them. They. Got us going. This this was a career best Tom uh, DeConning performance. No, nah, I don't know if it was career best. We need DeConning to hit the scoreboard. I don't think we needed him to on Friday Definitely night. do this coming Friday night. Well, this week we do. But And he, he's always struggled with that, but I, I thought they were great around the ball. They were really good around the ball. Hang on. Tom DeConning was absolutely enormous around the ground this week. Absolutely enormous. So that kick inside 50 that led to the Acres goal was, for me, the, the single effort of the match, apart from Acres' amazing goal line. and Well, actually, no. There were a couple of crazy ones. That one that they put on the socials while running back to spoil. It, that DeConning kick inside 50 was enormous for us. Let's get the ball going. It was enormous. He had 15 disposals at 80% efficiency. He had four score involvements. He had his 11 hitouts, five inside 50s. Didn't give away any silly freeze. Five clearances. Just like just a massive, massive performance in a massive game for this club. Yeah. Pittenet. I thought Pittenet was good. 14 I, I disposals. Was, I was all for playing Pittenet in the conditions because I thought there'd be a lot of stoppages and we, you just need a big body. Hickey's a big ruckman and there's only certain oppositions where you can get away without playing a really big ruckman like that. And I thought Pittenet vindicated his selection he did that's the rucks bolt into the forward line we spoke about jack martin he'll feature in the votes his efforts down back virtually winning us the tremendous game. game well we may as well get to the elephant in the room the two-week suspension for martin yeah, and he won't he won't play this week we might get it downgraded to one i see there it being no chance it'll get completely off yeah it's gonna be tough graded as i think careless high contact high impact which they'll, is hard to argue they'll try get the high impact down given that blakey played out the rest of the game um but yeah it's gonna be tough to see martin play in the semi-final mm. which isn't it's a huge loss it's a it's, huge loss it's a massive loss but hopefully we can move on and yes. hopefully we see jack martin up in sunny queensland yes yes uh very much so. Um, all right. Let's speak about Lockie Fogarty. Oh, I thought it was a superb game. Superb from Lockie Fogarty. Now, if you fast for far, if you rewind four months, Lockie Fogarty is delisted. He was as delisted as what Plowman is right now. He was gone. Gone. On his deathbed at Carlton. And right now, he's... As important, really, as anyone. Well, it says a lot about him. You know, he missed that game on the Gold Coast a few weeks ago, and we had a stack of players coming back in, and he was straight in. No questions asked. Because they know how important he is. He's very important. To our system. He, we have... One of Fogarty and... um, Who was the other one I was going to say? One of... I forgot who... Basically, Lockie Fogarty providing that midfield rotation between how good was he? He just has to be there. He has to play. And he's got that spot locked in. That is his spot. He will be in this side. I I thought he was huge. He just does the dirty work. On all fours. Team high, eight tackles. Huge. Eight. Twenty seven pressure acts. That is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. Three of those tackles Came inside 50. He didn't give away a free for the day. Mate, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. He had the three score involvements. 
He only had 12 disposals, but he had a couple of clearances. He was in the guts. He had, I think it was, um, how many CBA? He had three center bounds attendances. So he was thrown in there. He was just huge, huge. It was a fantastic Lockie Fogarty performance. Um, David Cunningham. Wasn't a great game from Cunningham, I didn't think. Um, wasn't a lot of drive from him. Probably wasn't as clean as he could have been. So he's probably the one where you look, he's maybe probably the 21st, 22nd man in this team. Probably the 21st man, I'd say. He's on the edge. But I don't think there's anyone who can play his role better no. than him. That's no. where he's safe. Or maybe that's where Matt Kennedy might jump in. But I don't yeah. know if they're going to pull that pin. I think Cunningham will be okay, but he pro- definitely needs to lift. He Yeah, he needs to have a big game against the Ds. Um Charlie. Well, he probably got beaten. He definitely got beaten um, by Tommy McCarden, who played a really good game on him. Um, a premium defender's performance. Charlie was beaten, but Charlie got himself in. He he put the onus on himself did. to get up the ground and yep. get things going in that last quarter. And yeah, he was he was he almost had a fantastic last quarter without kicking a goal. Yeah. Well, he only kicked one for the night, which came really early. Mm. So, and look, the fact you can win a game without relying on Kerno, without relying on Mackay, without relying on Cripps is Charlie volumes. Charlie Kerno had five inside fifties, yeah. so that's an indication of where he's getting the ball. Yeah, no, no, he he was beaten, but as we said against St Kilda, he who laughs last laughs loudest. Harry Mackay. Charlie's playing next week. Tommy Boy's got Mad Monday coming up. <laughs> Harry Mackay. Well, Mackay started the game really hot. It's so tough. I'm a Mackay defender. I am as well. And I think he had two goal assists for the first two goals of the game. Yep. And then really should have kicked two. I know he didn't kick him. But, you know, if he kicks two goals, has two direct goal assists, it's a really good night for Herschel. Mate, he was... And I know he didn't kick the goals and it's completely frustrating. It's completely unacceptable. I'm not going to defend those two acts. It's horrible. It's horrible. But took his five marks in two and a half quarters. Seven score involvements. It, it's, I think we've just got to relax. The finished product has to improve. There's no two ways about it. It's a complete killer. But, you know, and I, you know, he's obviously he's not playing the semi-final with concussion protocols. I don't think it's the end of the world he's not playing. But mark my words, he'll be there in Brisbane if we, if we get through. He definitely will. Now, look, we need to relax. I'm hearing some people saying, oh, you know, it's not the biggest out. Mate, it's a massive out. It is an absolutely enormous out. I think it's we replaceable. Saw, we saw Charlie Kerno get the ball go, going inside 50. Yeah. There's no one to kick to. Yeah, I agree. With all due respect to Owies and Fogarty and Martin, and the, well, Martin's a massive overhead mark, but the other guys are small. That's They're not targets inside 50. For me, H didn't kick those two goals, but outside of that, he was big. He just gets involved. He gets a lot of the pill. H H gets his 10 to 20 touches every week. I've got no issues with him. He's not having his best year. In fact, he's he's probably extremely down on form just in terms of the scoreboard, but not worried at all with H. And if we win on Friday night... It, there's, it's without question he'll be in Brisbane. And I understand the sentiment. We are, we probably are a bit more of an unpredictable unit where it's a bit more chaos and it probably plays into our quick-styled game without Mackay down there. And when people use the throw, you know, the term, well, you know, you won all your games without Mackay, as in, we're winning with Mackay. Mm. We haven't really lost in the back half of the year. So it's not like we're winning. It's not like we're losing with Mackay and winning without him. We've been just winning. So... It's an annoying loss, but I, you know, I think we can move on. If Silvani's available, I think that is fine. Uh, yes, I would agree. Um, Owies, probably a quieter night from Owies, but once again, it's a, it's a tough position to play in and play really, really well every week. But bobbed up for his goal, he brought the heat. Um, yeah, and look, uh, Owies will want a better game next week. There's no two ways about that. Yep. Yep. Um, is that... The, no, we're missing. Who are we missing here? No, that is it. And obviously, the sub Motlop came on yes. for the last quarter. And yeah, he had a really dirty last quarter. But 
Once again, it's a tough time to come on into a game. Um, he definitely didn't take his chances when with ball in hand. It was was there was a bit of a frightening quarter for Motlop, but I think Motlop will play in the twenty two next week. So, well, we'll get to team changes at the yeah. end of this. Straight into B and F votes. Well, we're back on the winner sheets. The five four three two one finals edition. Yes, it's tough. It's a toughie. I think I'm going to go five to Walsh. Four to Cottrell, three Chera, two Sard, one Acres. So Jack Martin doesn't feature. He doesn't. Okay, we've got very different looking uh, five, four, three, two, ones. For me, Chera gets the five. I just thought he was our best midfielder on the night. Cottrell. Oh, hmm. Cottrell four, Acres three. I can't believe I'm only giving Acres three. Cottrell four, Acres three, Martin two, Walsh one. And I genuinely did think it was a top five Adam Saad performance, but he doesn't somehow get in there. And Jack Martin didn't either. So, no, I was hoping he'd get into yours because I knew that he was extraordinarily... He was great. He was extraordinarily stiff not to get into mine. I think Hewitt was stiff as well. There were some really good fellas there, but... Martin, we, we mate, mate, you could make a case for Martin being the best on. Like, yeah. um, all right, let's talk about next week, Friday night at the MCG. Well, we're back. Our team. So we can absolutely confirm that Harry Mackay won't be there, and I think that yep. we can safely say that if Jack Silvani is fit, he'll yep. be the man to replace Mackay. Hundred percent. If Jack Silvani is not fit, who replaces Harry Mackay? Because it's a very real situation that he might not be fit. Well, let's use this in the same breath as Martin, because I think it's a 90% chance Martin doesn't play Friday night. So, I I think Motlop's going to come in either way into the 22, and I think we'll be happy to go smaller. So, Motlop for H. If the two of them are out, if Martin and Mackay are out, Mackay's obviously out. Martin's not going to play. So, yeah, let's say Martin and Mackay are out. Silvani's one replacement, Motlop's the other. That's how I'd go with it. If Silvani can't play, who's the replacement? Does Kennedy go and play that role in the forward line? Yeah, he could. I don't think they'll go with Durden and Motlop at the same time. They're definitely not going to play fucking honey. Um... (laughs) <laughs> in the semi-final. <laughs> oh, they might, they, oh, God. They might go Ed Kerno. I've got a very weird proposal of what they I, might do. I, it, yeah. I don't think we can play all these tall defenders again. Yeah, oh, they, we, well, we'll get to that in a sec, because you know my opinion. Is there a chance... Oh, you're going to swing. Is there a chance that they swing McGovern into the forward line to just play that defensive role on Jake Lever. I was all for this about six weeks ago. I thought this had to happen at some point in the season. And the fact that it just didn't and they were happy to go small thinks they won't do it, but I'm not against it. Because Jake Lever's the man. I'm not. We're going to get to this game. I'm not against it. We're going to get to this game in a minute. But Jake Lever is the man... He, he will decide this match. We'll get to it. But um, so, so there's options. So, so what are you going with? What's your final team changes? Mine are Mackay, Ma, uh, Mackay and Martin for Silvani and Motlop. And I think that Fisher will come in for Marchbank. Yeah. Marchbank was great purely on a team well, we need We need run. We need more run. And we don't need the four tour defenders against Melbourne. And I think that Kennedy will be the sub. I'm going to give the th- I'm going to go with the same three changes, but I think Dow will be the sub. Okay, okay. Well, and if Silvani doesn't play, Kennedy will come in. That's for my uh, yeah. I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Um, well, let's get to this match. I'm going to fire some questions at you. We're going to do this very quickly because it's been a long pod. Oh, it's been a long time coming. Semi-final night. It has been. Is on the Actually, horizon. Actually, no. I- Pause. Twitter questions, because yes. I'm sure they'll bring some of these discussion points up. Okay. 
Uh, let's get straight into it, Bolt. The first one coming in from the great man, Paul Walsh. He said, Melbourne, the traditional tenants of the MCG and Collingwood, the powerhouse club of the AFL, attracted 92,636. Carlton, against an interstate team, attracted just 300 less, just 600 less people, 92,026. <laughs> it was a Karen McCann at the 2006 Commonwealth Games roar at the end by one of the most one-sided crowds over 90,000 ever at the MCG. Love that from you, Walshie. Yeah, it was um, great. Damon Mule, the great man. Um, Martin and Harry out. Jay Soss and Motlop in with Dow Sub. Yep. Is that what you'd go with? Well, that's yep. what Bolts just wanted yep. to go with. Um, Davo71 says, I was a little bit surprised we went in with the four tall defenders. As Marchie went okay, it might mean McGovern has to go forward against the Ds. Michael Joseph says, For years, we said our bottom five to six will be vital to winning a flag. Last night, I think it was our bottom five to six who actually got us over the line. Cottrell, Marchbank, Kemp with some huge moments from Oes with the tap to Martin for the Acres goal and eight tackles by the Fogs. They were massive. Couldn't agree more. It's a massive yeah. pick up there. That tap, which I forgot to speak about. I had it on my list. Well, those that guys- tap. Well, you, you look at you know the halfway point of the year, and Martin Fogarty and Cunningham have been those circuit breakers into the twenty-two who have been who have played virtually every week since then. So it's been huge. Jeremy Cruz says, "How do we cover Martin's as absence next week? He's such an important player for us now. Best game for the club?" Question mark. Well, it's going it to be tough. It's going to be very tough. But uh, I've got full faith in Jack Silvani filling that void. Um. Peter Carrick says, Cripps clamped and and Charlie well held. Speaks to the maturity of this group. Cottrell was fantastic, as was Akers. Couldn't agree more. Candow yep. says, seriously, why are we murmuring so loudly when Harry lines up for a goal? How is this <laughs> helping him? Just I know, I know. <laughs> I will say Harry needs to get to work big time in the offseason. If he's not kicking goals on his salary, we're not getting our bang for our buck. Um, Anthony says we beat in Melbourne not too long ago. I see no reason why we can't win again this week. Well, we beat Blues. them without Chera Walsh and McGovern. We did. Um, and Mackay didn't even play that night anyway. Crazy. SC Gav says that is exactly why we recruited Blake Akers. The coverage that bloke showed in the last quarter was absolutely superb. He stood up when we needed him to. I have replayed that goal in the last quarter more than 500 times. Go Blues. <laughs> How good I, I, that? I have watched the last two minutes, the highlights. I've watched the lot on repeat. Lock Egg. All weekend. <laughs> Lock Egg, who we bumped into after yes. the game. The legend, he says, going to have to evolve from the long bombs forward to win next week. Can we adjust or do we need some better kicks brought into that back line to help? Would have given it to Melbourne on a platter the way we moved the footy last night. Um, well, I think this is where Fisher might be a handy in. Yeah, definitely. Um, own goal official says, Jason and Motlop in. Can Kennedy be the sub and give us an option going forward and gives us more versatility than Dow? It's definitely a, a very valid option. It'd be a great sub. Bolt, very quick Twitter Imagine if they brought Kennedy on as the sub and he went to the back pocket. <laughs> Can you believe he did that earlier in the year? Played in the back line? What was that? They tried him there before. They tried Fisher there. Absolute wild madness. Um, all right. Rapid fire questions about this week's match. Who is the most important player for Melbourne that we need to shut down? I would say... I would actually say the one... If this guy gets off the leash, it's going to hurt us. And I think it's Stephen May. See, I'm going Lever. Mm. Because I just think May will get Kerno. That is locked in. It's done. Lever's going to lurk and he's going to intercept. And he's going to cut off a lot of our chains and he's going to hurt us. If we can get a hold of Lever, I think we win the match. Mm. It's crazy that we haven't said Petrarca, Gorn or Oliver. (laughs) Well, I back our... speaks volumes of their team. I back our midfield. I back our midfield to go head to head with their balls. Do well. The next question was: Do we go? And when I mean head to head, not specifically tagging, but do we send anyone to Oliver or Petrarca? Maybe, probably Hewitt at stoppages to Oliver. Yep. And I'm sure Viney will probably do the same to Cripps at round stoppages. But I don't. I, both teams are very reluctant to apply heavy tags, and obviously Gorn was absolutely crazy on Thursday night. So he's a big. Worry, but we nullified him really well in round twenty-two. We, did. we and and a big part of that was Brody Grundy playing. It diminishes. I'm telling you, Grundy diminishes Gorn 
even if he's playing at full forward, he's going to ruck for a bit. Mm. We want Grundy in for Van Royen. We want Grundy. Well, Van Royen's a massive out. He's clearly their focal point. It's huge. He's their focal point well, up got forward. Tom McDonald at the moment. They're not going to play Ben Joel Brown. Smith. Joel Smith will probably It'll have to Grundy. go down there. It, they're saying it might be Dean Turner that comes in. I don't want to laugh before the game. Do you, do you know why I'm laughing? Yeah. Because that's not his name. Oh, Daniel Turner. <laughs> yeah, disco. Oh, that's brilliant. No, it's it's Daniel. you got to pay him some respect. He's been in their team pretty recently. Yeah, he played the last round of the year. Yeah, he's not bad. Um, no, but yeah, you, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not specifically worried, but... Sydney wouldn't have been worried about Matt Cottrell. And we weren't Sorry, that worried. I just said his name. And we weren't again. that worried about Hayden McLean. No, we weren't. Um, next question. Melbourne's forward line. It's an extremely weird forward line. We don't know what they're going to do. They might play Dean Turner. You don't, we don't know. Is Wietering, Marchbank, McGovern and Kemp too tall? Yeah, I, I think it is. I'd prefer the extra runner, as we've said. Yeah, I agree. Um, is Jordan Boyd any chance of playing this yeah, week? it's just as likely as Fisher. So it's going to be one of those two if one of those talls go out. Yeah. Do you think that Melbourne might try and just play their entire Mosquito fleet? Because they might. they've got a lot of them. They might bring Spargo back in. Spargo as the and Chandler for Van and Pickett. Neil Bullen. All those guys. Yep. They, they they might go the same approach as us, go small. Mm. They very well could. Um, Remember, we're going to have Tommy down there for a lot as well. Yeah. So, well, there's a very fair chance we have Silvani, DeConning, and Kerno up well, forward. The, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we saw DeConning's last quarter when we played them last time. was absolutely enormous. Hopefully, that happens again. And the last question... Don't want a tip from you. It's very early in the week for a tip. But realistically, take your Carlton hat off. Yep. What chance do you give us of winning this match? 60%. So you're going with Carlton as your tip as we sit here right now, even though I said I wouldn't ask you for one. Yep. Yep. You absolutely love to hear it. I think that's everything, Bolt. Yep. We might... I mean, we've just won a final. We might have to... I know we teased it last week... We might have to do some sort of little show or something. We'll speak about it. We'll get on the Twitter. It's we'll unlikely. See how the week's going. You're a busy man. It's unlikely, but we'll we'll speak about it. Bolt, thank you. First no win in ten years. We'll be back there Friday night. Hopefully, not for the last time this Hopefully season. Hopefully, not for the last time. Wow. And LFC, if we win, <laughs> convoy to Brisbane. Everyone to Brisbane by hook or by crook if we win on Friday night. Yep. You've already organized that in the possibility, have you? I have. Okay, so you're a prepared man. Well, get those refundable flights just in case. Yes. I don't want to be celebrating at the siren and having to sit down on my phone. <laughs> Did you have you done that before? Pre booking. Have you have you had to jump on the phone after winning a game? For Melbourne Victory I have. Okay. And it's so stressful. Okay. That's all, Bolt. The first... I mean, we should probably speak about it. When we started this show, I don't think we thought we'd have to wait four years to to get a win in a final, even just to play a final. But we have. And uh, how did it feel? We haven't really spoken about it because... Great. We were only like in our early teenage years for our last finals win. It's hard to remember the feeling, oh, but no. how pretty, did it feel was, being back in the action? I was pretty stoked that day in 2013, but this was great. I think I was... But in 2013, there was absolutely zero expectation on us. I think I would have been gutted had we gone the nine wins in a row, gone all the way to September and then bundled out first week. It would have been a bit... There's also a different feeling. I think... This is the first time we've gone into a final series actually hoping and thinking we're a realistic chance at winning the whole thing. Is yeah. that fair? No, that's fair. Because the odds are very much stacked against us, but it doesn't mean that we're not capable. Like, I don't know if we were truly capable in 2013. We weren't. No, not of causing serious damage. Whereas this year we are. Oh, 
the thing I love about it is that we know teams don't want to play us. Yeah, the least. We they are the don't least want to run into we are the least desired and we, might, and, and we might get bundled out on Friday night. There's, we, a, it's, there's like, a huge chance we get bundled out. Yeah. It's, 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 probably, it's really a flip of the coin type of game. But the great thing is we know that we're a serious... We're not making up the numbers here. We know that Melbourne would just quietly be shitting... The fans would be shitting themselves. Yep. That's all, Bolt. We'll be back next week. Another week of footy for us. And boy, it would be nice to do it after a win. Fingers crossed. If we win this week, it's going to get out of control. It's <laughs> going to get out of control. I'm not joking. You enjoy the week. Have a lovely build up to Friday night. Two wins from the grand final. <laughs> Two wins from the grand final. <laughs> Goodbye, Bolt. Go Blues. And they will know that they've been playing against the famous old